Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome back to episode 308 of Sexology podcast. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics. We're going to talk about orgasms. I know we had multiple episodes in the past talking about different types of orgasms. But in this conversation, I'm joined by a internationally recognized OBGYN and founder of Surrey, Dr. Amir Marashi. And we're going to talk about everything you need to know to improve the quality of orgasms that you're having. Something that I want wanted to remind you that it's been a few months that I've been posting on my YouTube channel and the content is sometimes are the interviews so you can watch the videos there but most of the time I record the videos about the questions that you guys are having so if you have a question make sure you are emailing to us and also make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel we're doing lots of fun content there and I don't want you to miss it today we're going to talk about what happens in your brain when you have an orgasm. We're going to talk about best sexual positions for experiencing an orgasm. We're going to talk about the tools and strategies and sex toys that you can use with your partner to increase your chance of having an orgasm. Our guest today, as I mentioned, is Dr. Amir Marashi. Dr. Amir is an internationally acclaimed OBGYN cosmetic gynecologist and founder of Saray. Dr. Amir Marashi is making it his mission to educate people about the importance of sex and how it affects our overall well-being. In the interview, we're going to talk about some of the props that he brought to help us understand more about the anatomy and how we can change things. And you can watch those kind of parts of the conversation, maybe in YouTube, so you can get better idea about what he's talking about. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Amir Marashi. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited to welcome Dr. Amir Marashi to our show. Dr. Amir, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me, Nazani. Thank you. I am very excited about this conversation. My audience, they know that I, I love talking about orgasms. I know that it's not the only destination for while people having sexual experiences, but it definitely can impact the quality of the experiences that they have. So tell us, I know that you talk about sex being important. Why do you think sex is important in a relationship? I mean, sex is important in many different ways, I feel is I mean, if I talk, I say probably is the most important thing in the relationship because brings people, bring couple together. And it basically puts them on the same page. Even if you've been fighting all day, the minute that happens, the whole tension goes away. And sometimes you can get, you know, rid of the tension. And the orgasms, as you said, they are very important because when you get a good orgasm, you love having more sex. So you want to have sex again with your partner next day, the next day. It's not going to be, because most of the time, the, the biggest problem is not really sex is I think I try to bring a lot of attention to orgasm because lots of couples that they start growing apart and away from each other. 
is because they don't really get that orgasm. And that's mostly in female. As you know, depending on what reference you read, over 80% of women would not really get the satisfaction they want to get with vaginal penetration. They either need to stimulate themselves or something like that. But at the end of the day, when you get that orgasm, all the happy hormones and neurotransmitters that we all know about them, let's talk about endorphins, you know, the morphines that your own body is making. People go to the gym, kill themselves for hours, you know, to get that amount of endorphins that you can get in five minutes with a very good orgasm. You know, your fertility gets better, your mood gets better, uh, so you get rid of anxiety. So, what I tell people is not is good for your physical and mental health. And it's very important. Mental health a lot more than physical health. Absolutely. And I agree with you. It's a glue that keeps many couples together that's kind of having good sex. And I think sometimes people think that you either have it or you don't have it. But that's a skill that people can cultivate with learning about tools and strategies. And there's just a galaxy of sex tech out there that can help people to be able to close the orgasm gap that many heterosexual couples are experiencing. I guess when you were talking about the benefit in the mind and body for individuals, is there a different if we're having an orgasm while we're masturbating or when we're having it with the partners or partner? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm promoting a lot of masturbation. I, I think masturbation is very good. But of course, when you are doing it with partner, the difference is that you it's needs more physical activity, more emotional activity. You get closer to each other as you, I mean, Dr. Nazan, nobody, you couldn't have put it in a better way that you said is like a glue. You know, that glue starts bonding and that's like the bond that you make between your brains. You become one. And when you get the orgasm, it's that feeling that you want to die. You are dying and you want to continue dying. You don't want to stop, you know. So I feel if you get to the point with your partner that you can get good orgasms together, there's nothing better than that. But of course, you, it's sometimes you don't have a partner. Sometimes you are not with your partner and sometimes your partner may need some help. So you use like a safe threesome, which I call safe, safest threesome is using a sex toy. Bring a sex toy to the bedroom. You know, he's not going to be competition for your partner because he can't kill roaches or he can't kill mosquitoes and he can't just basically, you know, wash the baby tomorrow. It's just a sex toy. People are so closed off to it. You know, have a sex toy as your third partner in the room. And trust me, men and women love it. So I feel like if you can, if you are in a relationship, try to get the orgasms together, even if it's with sex, even if it's mutual masturbation, it's going to be much better because mentally, you know, you just watching your partner getting an orgasm, that helps you as well. Or you help your partner getting an orgasm. So I think that's really good for a relationship. But you know what? Never underestimate the power of, you know, a quick orgasm when you are at work. You know, I tell people, take your bullet, take your toy to work and you have a lunch break. You want to do like a three minutes, even over your pants. Some people, you, you can get so used to it and you can get so fast, especially for women. It, it kind of, I feel like it resets your whole body and brain and it's very good for you. But also, you know, I mean, we're talking about mind, but because I'm a physician, I got to tell you it's good for fertility because of all the oxytocin you get, your fallopian tubes start moving around and everything. Ovulation gets so much better. It's amazing for your heart health. You know, it's just all the neurotransmitters plus kind of, you know, 
that movement that you get in your heart. It's great for your breathing. It's great for your mood, anxiety, everything. So it's good for your body and mind. If you can do it with a partner, it's going to be the best. If not, you know, try to do it on your own. And it is, I agree with you, so achievable for people, especially in this time and age with all of these adjustments that people can make. And it's sometimes people think it's in my practice. I see women that are coming in their 30s and 40s and they never experience an orgasm and they don't think it's even possible. So sometimes for many people, I recommend them to kind of start exploring their body because it feels less pressure and they kind of at times feel more comfortable using the sex toys on their own and they can train their partner about what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And I, I agree with you, it doesn't need to be either or. Right. Like uh, many of the couples that I work with, they, there is a desire discrepancy. One partner wants more sex. The other partner is not necessarily want the same frequency. And that helps them to be able to close the gap. And it could be galaxy of options, as you mentioned. It could be mutual masturbation. It could be partners gifting each other with different types of sexual experiences. So, and I, and I'm sure you see a lot of women that they, struggle with experiencing an orgasm. So what are some of the barriers that you see that might get in the way of these women having the experience that they want? So, you know, the, I think the biggest problem is that, so for women, orgasm, as you know best, a lot of it happens in the brain. So they need to really feel in tune with themselves and with the partner. They need to really feel that partner in the situation. And that's why a lot of people say, oh my God, my orgasms are so good. The first two years or in the beginning, we were dating, but right now I don't even want to have sex with him. There are a couple of things. One is that, well, you're mentally separating yourself. So you got to work on your relationship. That's very important. But the other thing is that I, I call it a negative reinforcement that when you have it, for lack of a better word, you have shitty sex and you don't have, you don't get an orgasm. Why do I want to have it again? So that's why the guy, your boyfriend, your husband comes and, oh, honey, let's do something. You're like, I don't want it. I'm not in the mood or I have my period or because guess what? Last time you did it, you didn't really have an orgasm, whether he took only like 10 seconds to come or whatever reason was there, you did not get an orgasm. And that's what you got to fix. I try to teach guys when they come to my office with their partner, I'm like, you make sure you don't don't get off that bed or you don't fall asleep unless she got the orgasm. If you can't do it on your own, if you have to go down on her, if you have to, you know, use a toy, you got to do that. But the other thing is that, you know, with aging, I don't want to blame everything on the angle, but with aging, the angle of the vagina changes. I, I use this all the time. You know, I, I've done so many cosmetic procedures. I used to inject faces. We all start like a big juicy plum and we end up becoming like a prune. You lose your water, you lose collagen. Same thing happened in my face. Look at all the lines I have here. It used to be like this. It used to be very nice and I had these like cheeks. You lose that. Same thing happens with the vagina. Vaginal angle is the most important thing. And so we got the vagina, this is a silicon vagina. As you are entering, normally the angle is downwards. So why is it downwards? It's going like this. The reason is that when the penis is entering the vagina and the penis is a little bit tilted upwards, it enters and it hits the front wall of the vagina. It rubs against the front wall of the vagina. And that is the wall that you have all your 10,000 nerves, you have your G-zone, you have 
most parts of the clitoris are actually sitting in that front wall. So you are trying to stimulate that, and that's why we were created this way. The angle is down, you're stimulating the front wall. As we get older, you're losing weight, you're losing collagen, all of those things in the back of here, the angle becomes flat. When it becomes flat, the partner enters, it doesn't really stimulate the front wall, unless he's like super big or you cannot stimulate the front wall you don't get those good vaginal orgasms anymore. Sex is not going to be rewarding. Next time your partner wants to have sex with you, you're like, oh, you know what? Forget about it. I don't feel like it. And the less sex you have, the less you get your clitoris stimulated. And the more you learn, you kind of learn that, well, you know what? It, it doesn't work out for me. It's not for me. Okay, it's his birthday. It's Christmas. I'm just going to give it to him. And if it's like two minutes, let him come. I don't care about coming. So you kind of sacrifice yourself. And that's what women have been doing on everything. You know, see, women have pain with their periods. They're like, oh, it's normal. The periods should be painful. Pain with delivering baby. Well, it's a part of, you know, human life. You have to be in pain. And this is the same thing, not coming, well, you talk to your mother, the mother's about, you know, it's just the same for everyone. So you kind of become like that, I mean, you know these the best, you become like that mouse that, or was the rat, they put them in a cage and they keep shocking them. And in the beginning, they start running around because they try to run away, but they hit the cage. They're, well, there's no running away from this. So they just sit down there, they get depressed. That's the learned helplessness. You kind of teach yourself that, you know, I'm helpless. This is not going to happen. So I'm not going to have sex. I'm not going to move around in this cage and I'm going to let whatever happens. It's completely wrong. There are so many ways you can get that mojo back. You can basically get yourself to enjoy it as much as your partner enjoys it. And a part of it, we are at fault, you know, as doctors, we haven't done, look how much research has been there around penises. Look how fast Viagra got approved faster than COVID vaccine. And COVID was supposedly like the most important thing, but it Viagra was approved faster than that. Like literally like the smallest research. So at the end of the day, penises have been a lot more important because men have been more in charge and, you know, clitoris was completely shut down. Even anatomy of clitoris. They never taught me medical school. I didn't know how clitoris looks like. They're like, it's a prominence that wherever the labias meet, it's sitting right up there. And nobody ever opened up this prominence. It wasn't until I started dissecting people and victims of female genital mutilation. I started opening them up, trying to help them, trying to uncover their clitoris, try to figure out what we can do for them. And I started to self-teaching myself. I go to doctors who deal with these kind of patients. And then I learned, wow, this is so much bigger. And slowly in the past few years, after a hundred years, we started putting clitoris back in, you know, medical literature. You know, when I show this to people, I'm like, what this is, even the company that helped me, this is our new toy, Lalalina, even the company that helped me, we designed it. We basically gave them like how it's going to be made, what we want it to be. But people know clitoris as this like little plants. So even the company who is making it and they make the molds and everything for us, they called it the bird toy. They think it looks like a bird. I'm like, this is the clitoris. They're like, clitoris? I'm like, yes. They're like, wow. So that is the thing. You need to, and we, we have to, I mean, I feel like it's our responsibility, me, you, uh, and every woman to kind of bring more attention 
towards clitoris. No, honey, I didn't have fun. You are, you thought without knowing what you are doing, you are like for like 30 seconds, you went down on me and I have to act as if, oh my God, you were so amazing for the guy's head to feel even bigger than what it is. No, that's not the right way. Tell him, no, you know what? I'm not enjoying this. I want you to do it this way. Instruct your partner. Try to teach them, you know, and I mean, thank God right now, social media and there's so many YouTube videos. Make them watch a couple of them and learn your body and do it together. It's, it's, I think, I mean, because I do a lot of surgeries and before this, I was doing even more. Like, let's say when the angle is not downwards anymore and it's flat, of course, I do vaginoplasty. I do angular, which is my own procedure to kind of correct the angle and people feel so much better. But there are so many things you can do on your own without even having to go spend a lot of money on surgery. Well, I love what all of the things that you mentioned. <laughs> and I have so many comments for people that they can. They're just listening to the podcast. You can watch the video on YouTube and Dr. Marashi Amir was showing number of different very interesting things. The toy you were talking about is a, was a toy that looked like clitoris and it was reminding me of my, my experience. So most sex therapists, they have this necklace. It's a, a clitoris necklace. And I get so many interesting comments from people. It's like, oh, is it a wishing bone? It's always called it a wishing bone or it's, what is it? Is a cherry? Like it's, it's interesting that people cannot recognize that. Even colleagues, other therapists, psychologists, unless you're in the field, <laughs> if people are not able to identify that. And that is important because as you mentioned, it's a systemic issue that in fact, that like individuals, they don't know about it. Parents, they don't know about it good enough that they can teach their children. And many therapists, many physicians. Doctors don't know about it. Right, right. Many physicians, therapists, yeah, they don't know about it. They don't, they don't know how to ask about it. So it's, it's tough because it seems like we need definitely more education, as you mentioned. So I know you, on that note, you co-authored a very interesting journal article about sex, sexual positions. Can you tell us more about that study? So this is a research that I did with Dr. Lavi, and what we are doing, we're trying to see which sexual position is most rewarding for female. And in reality is that, first of all, every person is different, but the way we wanted to define it, bringing kind of science back to bedroom, we said, well, we're going to see in which position a clitoris basically gets most engorged. Uh, so we did Doppler studies and we did ultrasound of the clitoris. And this is something that's, I mean, there are a couple of studies that they looked at clitoris with ultrasound, but we defined, we have the first protocol, clitoral ultrasound. And I did it for different reasons. First of all, initially I started looking at victims of female genital mutilation, wanted to really find out what's left, what's spared for the surgery. The other thing to make labioplasties safer, because you know, a lot of labioplasties, 50% of labioplasties I do are actually repairing a botched surgery. So I wanted to kind of make sure we look at everything. We have less bleeding. We try to locate nerves even, which we're coming up with a protocol to look at them with ultrasound. So now that we could look at the clitoris with ultrasound, we, had a, well, we started going crazy. We did so many different things, but one of them was that. that that's the one that got the most amount of attention. And so two volunteers, basically uh, different days, different positions with intercourse. We scanned 
happened before, during, and after of the clitoris of the female partner. And of course, the best, as we were thinking, is the position that supports the angle so you have the most amount of contact and stimulation of the clitoris. So face-to-face, of course, missionary was the best. And even to make it better, was when we put a pillow underneath the buttocks of the female partner. So imagine the angle is downwards already. You put a pillow and you make it more downwards. So even if your male partner is blind, he's like literally rubbing against all the nerves in the front wall of the vagina. So that was very good. Funny thing is that a lot of guys are asking me, oh, you sure it wasn't the doggy style? Because, I mean, Nietzsche's position. I'm like, yeah, for the guys, probably. For, for the for the dude, it was. But, and you know what? You can, even that position is a great position for some women. You know, because it's a position a lot of men like it. They see, you know, anus. They see the bottom of the woman, all of those. So to them, visually probably is good, but it was the least rewarding in the matters of gorging the clitoris. However, let's give some attention to doggy style, for lack of better words, or Nietzsche's position, because it's the position that you have the shortest size of the vagina. Vagina becomes super short in this position. It's the only position that most men, even if they have a shorter penis, they can stimulate the cervix. And for people who enjoy cervical orgasms, you know, which is, for some people is very uncomfortable. But for people who enjoy cervical orgasm, that's a very good position. But in our research, basically to see how engorged the clitoris gets, as I said, the best missionary position with a pillow underneath woman. Well, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, like, I love the pillow, first of all. I think I tell all of my clients, it, it's sometimes it's about making minor adjustments. So I think it's uh, for many women that they want to kind of intensify their experience, that can be the great tool. I wonder though, on a, what about the cow, cowgirl, like women on top? I know for many of my clients, they're going to be clitoral opportunity for clitoral stimulation, whether they're partner or themselves, that can be a good thing, but there's not an angle. So tell us more about that. Gear on top. Any position is always good because when you are in control, if you do it like regularly, you may not get that much stimulation in the clitoris. But when you are sitting on top of someone and you're controlling it, you change your own angle, you know? So you know what feels better, so you change your own angle. There's no question about that. There's no question about that. And changing the angle, you know, sometimes you want to get more clitoris stimulation. Sometimes you feel like, oh, it's too much. I want to take it slow. You're slow. You can change the stroke. For sure, that's a very good position because woman is in control and you can change the angles. Yes. I And I agree with you about kind of entry from the behind the doggy style. I know for many of my clients that they haven't been kind of like as informed about women's sexual experiences, they get disappointed that they're not enjoying it as much. And at times it's painful. I know the ones that they have a better experience is beside the kind of cervical orgasm is the one that they're plating their own clitoris themselves. So whether it's with a toy, something, so that that also can kind of add to the experience, which is great. So I think the other thought I had about what you were talking about, I know people talk about different types of orgasm, like vaginal orgasm, G-spot orgasm, all of these things that people are experiencing. Is there a difference? I wonder if the kind of like the impact is the same in, in, in people's brains. So is it different? Is it the same? How can we intensify our orgasms? So Dr. Nazem, that's a very good question. So let's use this as a clitoral sample. 
people talk about, you know, clitoral stimulation. They say clitoral orgasm. That's what we taught in medical school and everything. This is the clitoral orgasm. And then you have vaginal orgasm is inside the vagina. But in reality, vaginal orgasm is really another form of clitoral orgasm because you're stimulating the inner part of the clitoris. So I think, I mean, the, the strongest orgasms I see, and that's why, I mean, a lot of companies have this kind of toy. This is called the spellbound. But you see, so you have one end that goes in the vagina, you're stimulating it vibrates, you're stimulating your G-spot, a G-zone. Let's call it, and all the nerves, and this other part sits on the clitoris outside, on the glands of clitoris, and kind of does air pulse stimulation. And you can change the angle; it doesn't matter like what your anatomy is. You know, you can put it on the right angle so you can simultaneously stimulate the entire clitoral complex. So you are stimulating the inside as you're in the vagina, and you're stimulating the outside. So. This is, I think, the more intense or the most intense orgasm. So even if you have intercourse with your partner, I mean, your partner as one of my really good friends who's using this and he is like ready to leave my partner because it's so good. But I'm like, no, learn to use it, learn to use it with your partner. But you know, the reality is that when you're simulating the inner part and the outer part together, you are like literally engorging the clitoris to the most amount that's possible. And you are trying, you're experiencing things that you never experienced. So even if you're having intercourse with your partner, you know, try to use something. As you said, you can use a wand. We did this mini wand, which is flexible. So even if you are in doggy style, you can kind of, you know, put something soft and you stimulate yourself. I think the best orgasms are orgasms that you do internal and external stimulation simultaneously. So, no, because that, you see, so the front wall of the vagina, you have the nerves that, remember, we kept saying, oh, 8,000, 8,000, 8,000 nerves, and they recently dissected, and they got, well, now we have over 10,000 nerves. So it's a conference in Miami, which we had two posters, by the way, too. So now we know there are 10,000 nerves. So you are stimulating all these nerves that somehow end up with clitoris. You're stimulating the clitoris itself internally, so you're engorging it more. Remember, the more blood supply you have to it, just like penis. You know, the erect that the penis is, everything is a lot more intense. That's why we are spending so much time on ED, erectile dysfunction, and work on those. And then from outside, you stimulate as well. So that, you kind of bring all of those together that, you know, I feel like, you're overwhelming the nerves so much that sometimes you're like, oh, let me just stop for a second. And that is the difference of the difference of a good and a great orgasm. So good orgasm is like, well, you basically come, you get an orgasm. But the great orgasm is like you kind of feel paralyzed. And I heard it from a lot of patients because I, I do different things to make orgasms better. And, I mean, it's not just the toy. I do injections from, you know, exosomes from injecting PRP or stem cells to the front wall of the vagina around all the nerves. I never want to call it O-shot because it's a completely different protocol and is a lot stronger than that. But you do all of these injections and the patient is like, wow, I started feeling things that I never felt before. And then you put that with a toy, people are like, wow, you know, that it just, the feelings start to change. And I always want to use this example. I have, when I do the injections, I say, I'll do it every three to six months. I have this patient who she finds me, she kind of 
uh, wherever I go, because I travel a lot for work, and currently I'm in Houston, I'm setting up a new office here, but mostly between New York, Florida, Dubai, and she comes wherever I am, she wants to get her injections once a month. But listen, you don't need it. I mean, you, your orgasms are good, right? She's like, they're amazing. I'm like, so why do you want to get it again? She's like, trust me, it can always be better, and whenever I get it, for the next like 15, 20 days, so I'm like, I'm not going to inject you, I don't want your money. She's like, listen, can you ever have enough money? Like, I, I don't want your money. She's like, no, no, that's not what I mean. Orgasms are like money to me. I can never have enough money and I can never have good enough orgasms because it just gets better. And when I started thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? In all honesty, it's like any good experience. You have this food that is like the best, best food, but you can always end up going somewhere else that has something better than that. You don't need to change your partner necessarily, which sometimes you have to change your partner because, you know, it's good for your brain, but it just, you can make your orgasms better. You just feel like a very, very different person. Well, I, I love that you brought that up because there is some negative attitude and kind of like perspective on people that they value pleasure. And as you mentioned, what's wrong with you experiencing more pressure is if it's aligned with what you want. So I, I, I think it's great that she prioritizes pleasure in her life and she invest in it because our sexual health is an investment that I tell people that you you must to kind of add money into the kind of like emotional bank and sexual bank of your sexual health. So I think that is very important. And I know sometimes people like I think like sometimes they need to do medical, physiological kind of treatments and also psychological kind of part of things that's important. So I tell people like it's really important to work on your barriers mentally. It's about pleasure, about connection, about sex. That's a big part of what people need to do and especially if they never experienced, right, next day, if they haven't experienced therapy and they're struggling with sexual health, then that could be something they can they can do. So what do you recommend women's like vulva owners to do outside kind of like these sexual experiences that will help them having a stronger, better orgasms? Listen, first of all, they need to open up. They need to talk to their partner. And I think one thing that... It's very important. I never, there's no magic bullet or magic prescription for anything. Even for men, there's Viagra. But at the end of the day, there are so many people who can't necessarily benefit from that. So I think you need to have a kind of multifaceted to It definitely therapy and not necessarily going to therapy, talking to someone, you know, somebody who has experience about it. It could be you. It could be, you know, anybody out there who deals with these things every day. And, you know, people think it's always the easiest thing. It's just sex. You know, it's sex. So why do I have to talk to someone about it? But it's when you want to simplify things, they are not really that simple. You know, it's like uh, my dad, I remember growing up, and he's a very good orthopedic surgeon. If the radio broke down, he wanted to open it up, and he said, oh, I can fix it. I, I cut people's belly and legs. I, you think I can't fix, you know? A radio and he ended up having to take it to the specialist so yes you know a lot about your penis or clitoris or vagina you can watch a couple of youtube videos but i, I think talking to someone who is doing this every single day you know it's like when you have a legal problem who do you call you call a lawyer you don't decide yourself 
you don't, you know, mess that legal situation yourself. So same thing. You talk to somebody who knows. And you don't need, it doesn't need to be like, oh, go in therapy for years and everything. Sometimes, you know, you talk to somebody for 30 minutes, you open up, and they give you like five different ways, and you start trying them. That's one thing. The second thing is that, as I said, talking to your partner and being open to different things, hearing people. Listening is a lot more important than just, you know, talking and talking and talking. And so many times, let's hear him, what he says, what he likes. Okay, honey, now that I listen to you, now you listen to me. These are things that make me happy. Let's say I like to do this on whatever Friday morning when the kid has gone to school. I think that would be the best time and you always want to do it in the wrong time. So great. Find the time that you both have the whole time to yourself. Try to get closer to each other in different ways and try to make it a positive experience. You cannot have sex with a female and don't give them an orgasm. That's very important. You know what? It just, they're not going to like it anymore. They got it. So be like, let's try something new. I was watching this podcast. I was listening to this podcast and they said, you know what? You can increase pleasure by, you know, using toys, by using enchantment gel, which, you know, that's the other thing. We had three publications that came out on uh, sexology a magazine in August, all three back to back, which is unheard of. And one of them was an art enchantment gel, which I've been doing research on it for the past five years. You know, arginine, citrulline, things that nobody ever used. Arginine people been using, but L-citrulline nobody ever used. And, you know, a bunch of people don't have the enzyme to turn arginine into citrulline. So we have to go up and down with percentages. And we like literally, my partner, Dr. Kim, actually used this gel in different proportions that we had and everything. And she kept like, you know, doing baseline ultrasound on herself because this is not something you want to start trying on people. Baseline ultrasound on herself, putting the gel with different potencies. So we came up with, you know, the one that actually can stimulate and give the most amount of engorgement in clitoris. So you can always try to use, not necessarily my job, but different things to help yourself, different modalities. You know, it's like if you can't, you know, take the load yourself, you start getting like help from different devices. Back in the days, you know, I remember some people said, the only thing you can do is start, I, I remember recommendations when we were in residency, you know, oh, tell them to do role play. That was one thing. And then I have this attending who used to tell people, well, you know what, if it's not working, maybe you need to change your partner. So that's the only thing which some, listen, sometimes you need that. If the, if the rest of the relationship is toxic, of course, you don't want to stay in a relationship that's toxic, but you don't change your partner just because of, you know, sex, because that's fixable. We are in 21st century. And a lot of women have like, let's say, pain with intercourse. Great. You can use a loop with like some CBD. There are different things you can do to get rid of the pain. You don't get an orgasm. You can get some extra help. You can use a toy. You can use, you know, enchantment gel. You can teach your husband where the clitoris is and teach them the anatomy. I bet you a lot of guys, when, you know, they talk to me and I tell them, you know, this is how you need to perform oral sex on your partner. This is what you need to do. And I'm like, wow. I thought, you know, the bottom part is more sensitive. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not the bottom part. So you got to teach people. And I think that's, I mean, that's 
our responsibility, of course, but not everybody listens to the podcast. So I think they need to watch more material on this and they need to educate their partner and they need to be open about it. It's, it's very important. And it's one of those gifts that when you start giving it to yourself, like a good sex is better than any kind of bracelet or necklace or purse because it really makes you happy. It's not good for that two-minute photo that you take and you put on Instagram. It's good for your whole life and your whole psyche and your heart. And you just, you become a better person. That's why back in the, I mean, they used to say back in the days, by the way, they used to say anybody who had a problem, oh, he or she needs to get laid. <laughs> and it's true. They needed to get laid. You know, if somebody's like, you know, they have a stick up their butt, that's the easiest way to fix them. Like, you know, you need to get laid. And they forget about everything else. You see, man and woman, they get into a fight, they have sex and that's it. It's all done. It resets everything. Well, one of my wonderful colleagues, she did this study and she found that people who have better sexual experiences, they even earn more. <laughs> so there's like a, the quality of life can drastically change. Of course, that was correlation or not causation. But there, like the more pleasure you experience in your life, you already feels confidence. It improves the relationship. And I agree with you that I tell people that sometimes they want to give up easy on the sex life, sex part of the relationship because they feel stuck. I tell most of my clients that if there was some spark from the beginning that you guys were attracted, you had some good sexual experiences and it becomes less exciting, the pleasure becomes lesser, tons of things you can do to kind of like experience the excitement again in the, in the bedroom and having more orgasms. I guess the only thing at time I say, like if there was never an attraction to someone, that's not something that we can create. But other than that, for any kind of sexual health problem, medical problem that leads to sexual health problem, there is a solution out there. So on that note, I know that you have so many different great offering for people, services, products. So tell us a little bit about where can people get a hold of you and what are some of the products that your company is offering? Sure. So they can find me and I mean, the website is get like G-E-T C-E-R-E C -E -R -E dot com. Get Sere is like, Sere comes from ceremony. So it's like really ceremony of self and which is very important. They, I mean, there's information about me on that website. The Instagram is Get Sere as well. If you want my, basically to see my surgeries and what I do, NYC Gyno is my Instagram and the website nycgyno.com. But look on Get Sere, read the blogs that we have there because we're starting to really bring science back into the bedroom, which is very important. And, you know, people look at, I'm just going to show you one thing. Look at the toys and they're, oh, you know, they're all the same. Everywhere else we've seen toys. You know, my investors hate me because when we are choosing the toys and I'm basically designing them and everything, now there's the choice to, okay, what kind of silicone we want to use. And kind of like when you go to a restaurant, you have menu for different kind of steaks, which one is more expensive. So I picked the best one. I picked like a medical grade non-porous silicone that you can use in human body basically for surgeries. And they're like, look, this is going to be only going to be left with like this much margin. Why are you doing this? I'm like, well, listen, I'm putting my name as a physician on this. So it has to be the best silicone out there. So that is really important. We chose black. Black is our main color. Why? Because a lot of my patients come to me with bacterial vaginosis, yeast infection. People don't wash things really well. Even when you wash it, there you have you may have missed something. 
So the good thing about black is that I have a little lint because I had this in, you know, a box here. And you still see like a tiny amount of lint on it. So you make sure you wash them really clean. So that is really important about the sex toys. And we try to fix different things. Like I have a procedure. I fix the angle of vagina by surgery. It's called vagilangelo. But I'm like, well, not everybody is going to be able to afford to come to get like a full-on vaginoplasty to fix the angle or do the vagilangelo. So you can use one of the angle rectifiers. Now, this is the biggest size. So we definitely don't start from this, but we do offer three different sizes. And it looks like a butt plug. I tell you what's the difference. So it is a butt plug, really. The reason I call it angle rectifier is that we did still, again, sonographic studies, and we looked at different things that we had to look. And I kind of worked on the, because you have a, so you have a very thick tissue between anus and vagina in here is called perineal body. The perineal body is what loses the collagen and kind of when you lose that, the vagina becomes flat. So when I do my surgeries, I try to reinforce the perineal body. So what happens with this, we wanted to make sure it's the average size of the biggest part of it from here is as much that you're sitting right where perineal body sits. So you start from a small one, but you are really fixing the angle. There are a lot of butt plugs that are, I call them ornamental. You know, they just made them to look cute or like it's bedazzled or something, but it's really important. This space is a very, you know, this distance is, and there are so many choices out there. I mean, listen, you can go order butt plugs for, you know, $2. It's it's not about, I mean, if you want to just put something in your butt, sure, but if you want to fix the angle, and that's why I kind of, I don't like to just call it a butt plug. I call it angle rectifier because we're really trying to do things more medically. And I feel like when you have this approach, more people are going to, you know, use these things because it helps relationships and it's, it just, it's good to kind of get people more comfortable and doing these rather than thinking of, okay, leaving the partner or cheating or anything else. Because it's, as I said, is the safest form of threesome. I love that. And it seems, I love that. For me, I know one of the things that's important is the design of sex toys. <laughs> I know many people don't care about it. For me, color, design, aesthetic is also important as functionality, but also cleaning it is important. So I got one of these boxes of UV light for sex toys. And like that's the one that you can lock it. And now for some reason, the lock stopped working. So my assets are frozen. <laughs> inside the box <laughs> but i like that so it seems like with these things like you can clean it you can see it's clean which is wonderful the color the design everything is great and i remember you mentioned that you generously offered the discount to our listeners so can you tell us about the discount sure so your listeners can basically get 20 percent off any of their purchases we usually all of our discounts are going all the way to thanksgiving i try to keep the code more active for longer but basically the name of your podcast all in caps with 220 is sexology 20 so you basically put it like that and 
and I make sure the girls are going to send you the code as well so you can put it on the caption for your podcast. But I would love for people to use this. If you don't like it for any reason, you know, just let us know. If that's not the right toy, we send you another one. But I have been getting so many positive comments and so many people saying that, you know what, I... I want to take this everywhere with myself. And the other good thing that you're going to see when you, I don't know if they sent you any samples or not, but they come in a very nice pouch as well. So Dr. Amir, I didn't get a sample. I need a sample. <laughs> I, I send you a box. No, 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 that's fine. Of course. But no, I'm going to show you how they look like. And if you want, I can even have them send you some photos to share on your podcast. But they are, they come in a linen dust bag. So, so you can, and I, what I really like, you know, all of the slogans that we use are really, we are making this a prescription. The main slogan we have is pleasure prescribed because this is really a prescription. And I promise you, when you, and not necessarily, I'm not saying about my sex toys, when you start doing this and really take that prescription to heart and get real pleasure, you know, from intercourse, from toys, from anything, you, your life is going to change and your relationship definitely is going to change. Amazing. And I, and I think it's fantastic that this is a company that it's the sex toys are something that you supervise. And it seems like you're very thoughtful about what to choose, the design, the cleaning of it, because there are so many products out there that I don't know where this material is coming from, what's the quality of it, how, how it's kind of safe for people to use it or not. So I think it's fantastic that this is a company that you stand by and you, you're so involved with all aspects of it. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Amir, for being on the show. This was the pleasure and hopefully we'll have you back in future. Thank you so much, Dr. Nazan, for having me. And I, I would love to be back anytime. I hope you guys enjoyed our conversation. And if there is a topic that you want to learn more about it, make sure you are emailing us or putting it under the YouTube channel about the topic that you want us to go more in depth. I've been doing podcasting, I think right now it's closer to seven years and we've covered so many different topics that I don't want to do a redo of a content if you have already listened to the previous ones and you got the information that you need. So make sure that you're letting me know what you want to learn more about. Check out the YouTube channel and I will see you next week right here. Thanks for listening the sexology podcast for more great content visit www.sexologypodcast.com please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider